<clears throat> this was a... Uh, yeah, man, it really tied the room together. So this was a valued... Uh, yeah. Tied the room together, dude? My rug. Were you listening to the dude's story, Donnie? What? Were you listening to the dude's story? I was bowling. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. You're like a child who wanders into Walter, the middle of a movie and wants what, to know... Walter, what's the point, man? There's no reason. Here's my point, dude. There's no fucking reason why these... Yeah, Walter, what's your point? Huh? Walter, what is the point? Look, we all know who is at fault here. What the fuck are you talking about? Huh? No, what the fuck are you... I'm not... We're talking about unchecked aggression here, What the dude. fuck is he talking my about? My rug. Forget look, it, Donnie. You're Walter, out of your element. Walter, the Chinaman who peed on my rug, I can't go give him a bill. So what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? The Chinaman is not the issue here, dude. I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand, dude. Across this line, you do not. Also, dude, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. Walter, this isn't a guy who built the railroads here. This is a guy. What the fuck are you Walter, he peed on my rug. He peed on the dude's rug. Donnie, you're out of your element. Dude, the Chinaman is not the issue here. So who, who? Jeff Lebowski, the other Jeffrey Lebowski, the millionaire. That's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. Plus, he has the wealth, obviously, and the resources, uh, so that there's no reason, there's no fucking reason why his wife should go out and owe money all over town, and then they come, and they pee on your fucking rug. Am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? Yeah, but... Okay, then. <clears throat> that rug really tied the room together, did it not? Fucking A. This guy peed on it. Donnie, please. You know, this is the fucking guy. I could find this fucking Lebowski guy. His name is Lebowski? That's your name, dude. This is the guy who should compensate me for the fucking rug. His wife goes out and owes money all over town and they pee on my rug? They pee on your fucking rug? They peed on my fucking rug. That's right, dude. They peed on your fucking rug. This week on the podcast, uh, mix up a white Russian, uh, order a Sioux City Sarsaparilla, and watch your VHS copy of Log Jammin'. Uh, that's right. This week, we're talking about The Big Lebowski on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. I'm Jason Martin. I'm Paul Conlon. And yeah. Another Coen Brothers movie. Another Coen Brothers movie. Uh, the Big Lebowski. Um, uh, the opening, uh, you have... Uh, Tumbling tumbleweeds. Yeah, tumbling tumbleweeds, and you have uh, Sam Elliott. Uh, they're talking, oh, doing the voiceover. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he's telling you about uh, Jeff Lebowski, the dude. The dude. He says that's a name no one would self-apply where I come from. Um, and he says they call Los Angeles the city of angels. I didn't find it to be that exactly. Um, he mentions the early 90s uh, with that thing with Saddam and the Iraqis. Yeah. Um, so he's setting up the little backdrop there. Uh, when this movie takes place. Yeah, one thing. right. And also mentioning the Iraq War, which would be uh, which would which would be important uh, in the movie several times with yes. what people talk about. Um, and he talks about uh, the dude. He's like, you know, quite, quite possibly being the laziest in Los Angeles County, which would put him in running for laziest worldwide. Yep. 
<laughs> uh, he's a you see uh, uh, Jeff Bridges um, playing Jeff Lebowski, uh, the dude. You see him in a Ralph's uh, wearing his uh, bathrobe and jellies, yeah, jelly sandals, and right. Uh, looking for his half and half. half. Yeah, half and half to make uh, to make his white Russian. Um, he gets up to the uh, counter. He's the only one in the whole store, too, the only customer. And he gets to the counter and is writing this check for 69 cents. And, and he he postdated it. Oh, okay. That was pointed out to me in the things that he postdated it like almost a year. <laughs> okay. Like he, he post, I, although, depending on. This was made in the 90s, but it was postdated for September 11th. September 11th, 1991. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, uh, oh, what an interesting thing. But this was made well before yeah, yeah. Uh, this, the incidents we had. Yeah, the know. movie came out full three years before yeah. 9-11. But yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, he wrote a check for $0.69. Um, and uh, the uh, gets his half and half and goes home. And... Uh, he gets in there, and uh, there's two guys waiting to uh, waiting to accost him. Uh, they're saying, "Where's the money, Lebowski?" And uh, they're putting one guy is uh, putting his uh, putting his head in the toilet. Keeps dunking his head in his toilet. Saying, "Where's the money, Lebowski?" And uh, and the uh, one guy is uh, pissing on his rug. Yeah. Although the uh, Jeff has one of the funniest lines. Mm-hmm. I've ever heard a movie mm-hmm. like, oh, it's down there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Let me take a look. Take a look. Take a look. It's down yeah. there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, you know, he's like, isn't, you know, one guy says, isn't, isn't this guy supposed to be a millionaire? And they're basically looking around what a shithole apartment it is. And, uh, which reminds me of a line coming up later on when they revisit his apartment and the blonde haired guy goes, you're not the only morons here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like he says something about his, uh, you know, your wife, your wife, Bunny. And he's like, does this look like I'm fucking married? And he holds up his right hand, not his left. Right. Oh, okay. The yeah. left hand has the wedding ring. Oh, yeah. He and he didn't right even know hand. that. Yeah. He holds up his right hand. Okay. And, uh, and they look around, like he says, the toilet seat's up. Um, and uh, the guy says, what's this? He's holding a bowling ball. He says, obviously, you're not a golfer. He drops his bowling ball on the tile and breaks the tile. And he's like, well, at least I'm housebroken. Um, <laughs> and uh, the guys leave. Um, and the title, the titles come up. Um, and there's bowling at, at the bowling uh, little uh, montage. Yeah. And the song, The Man and Me by Bob Dylan is playing. Which I did know did not know was a Bob Dylan song for like ten years after the movie came out. Yeah, yeah. I like the song a lot, but uh, didn't know it was a Bob Dylan song. I mean, I definitely love the song now, and I know that now. But it was just it was just a good song. Um, and you see the scenes around the bowling alley. Uh, it's just showing like a normal bowling alley stuff. Yes. It's not. It's not being glamorous, but it's also not making it look bad. I'm, just, a, I'm a long-time bowler, so I'll tell you there are yeah. a few things here that were a little not normal. Okay. Uh, the, the very I really like this scene where he's they're pulling it back across the lanes and they're bowling one at a time, but bowling, like in sequence. Yeah. That was definitely choreographed. Yes. Because yes. bowlers do not go no, in that, no. like that. Um, other than that, I was watching for people like being courteous and this, that, and the other, and mm-hmm. doing the end, except for the enormous number of strikes that Donnie mm-hmm. was throwing. Uh, it was pretty normal. Yeah, yeah. They're they're showing you the the 
mundane nature of a bowling alley, yes. like the yeah. guy spraying the disinfectant yes. in the shoes. And, and uh, I've done that. I, I've yeah. had them piled up there and I'm just going through. Yeah. I've yeah. done that. And I've spent uh, tons of time in bowling alley in my life. Uh, my parents met at a bowling alley. Um, same bowling alley? Yeah, the same bowling alley. And I was in bowling alleys for years. They were several nights a week. They were in, they were in leagues. leagues. And Did you ever bowl in a league? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bowled a league, too. Um, I bowled leagues a lot. Yeah. I bowled uh, when I was like nine through ages nine through 12. And then again, when I was uh, like 18. Um, and yeah, uh, I spent a lot of time. That's where my love of video games came from. Because like. You go to the arcade. Yeah. The parents are bowling. Kids go to the arcade. Yeah. There's like there's like eight or ten video games stacked up there. Uh, let's talk about early 80s in the heyday of arcades. Yeah. And I was just, you know, playing video games when I was there. And when I wasn't playing them, I was watching video games, um, watching people, other people play. Um, and uh, this is where you get him talking, uh, the dude talking to uh, Walter and Donnie, talking about, uh, you know, the guy peed on his rug. And uh, he says, the Chinaman who peed on my rug, he's like, I can't go give him a bill. They're trying to figure out what to do about it. And they figure out that. You know, it's funny, for the longest time, I had no idea what he was talking about when he said the Chinaman that peed on my rug. Mm-hmm. And it was only rewatching it here that I realized the guy was Asian. Oh, really? You didn't know that? Uh, okay. At first, it, it just didn't come through. Okay. Um, and it probably did at one point. I think there were maybe two scenes mm-hmm. where it really was face front to uh, the character was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> but it went to watching this, I'm like, I did say Chinaman. Mm-hmm. And so I'm watching that actor. Oh, mm-hmm. he is Asian. Okay. Nothing about it in the whole movie. And that's probably why I glossed over before because it wasn't anything germane except this one little, okay. one little aside from uh, uh, Jeff. Okay, and also, also, dude, Chinaman is not the preferred yes, 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 yes. Uh, Asian American. Asian American. Uh, he's not a guy that built the fucking railroad. He peed. He pissed on my rug. You know, I love that little. It's not the preferred nomenclature. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, Don, you know, Donnie is in the background. Um, you know, like what did he do on your rug? You know, it's kind of like they're kind of half paying attention yeah. to Donnie. Um, <laughs> what were you gonna say? Uh, well, I've read some uh, some theories that Donnie didn't exist and yeah. that he was a figment of yeah. Walter's imagination. However, I was actually paying attention to that while watching this movie, yeah. and the dude addresses him several times by name mm-hmm. in, in certain scenes. However, mm-hmm. for the most part, he actually does almost completely ignore Donnie. Even in scenes yeah. where Donnie's talking to him, he's like looking around and then he's talking to someone else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was like, I could see where that fear would pop up, but there are several scenes where he addresses Donnie directly after Donnie says something. The first yeah. is when they come out and his car is stolen mm-hmm. and he's walking away and he goes, Donnie, I'm doing this, Donnie, I'm doing that. And uh, the last one is when Donnie was a well, little later on. Right. You know, when Donnie, when they come out of the bowling center again and, mm-hmm. and just before Donnie's last scene mm-hmm. and he's talking to Donnie on the, mm-hmm. there. So, and there's another yeah. scene. There's like three scenes where he talks directly to him. Yeah. Um, and yeah. They're, they're, they are, but for the most part, he literally ignores him for everything. Yeah. And I know a bunch of people that treat other people like that. Like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, uh, the, uh, I kind of glossed over that line about the, uh, him correcting him about the preferred nomenclature. But what Walter does say is, I'm talking about drawing a line in the sand, dude, across which you do not. Also, dude, Chinaman is not the preferred nomenclature. Asian American, please. Like he's getting super angry, and this is also him quoting a line that 
George Bush Sr. said on the, you know, drawing a line in the sand, yeah. you know, so he's directly quoting, you know, George Bush saying this. And uh, a lot of the characters in this movie do that. They repeat lines that you hear earlier. Yeah. People say something up front and then they repeat it later on. Uh, the dude definitely does. He'll hear someone say something and then he'll mm -hmm. repeat that mm -hmm. and talking to someone else. Right. Uh, so right. a lot of a cycling of, of language. Yes. Yeah. And um, recycling of language. Mm hmm. And uh, Walter, you know, after this, Walter says, that really tied the room together. And dude says, fucking A. And then Donnie says, that got Pete, and that got Pete on it. And he says, <laughs> Donnie, please, you know. He just yells at him. Like, anytime he just chimes in, really, is he just. Yeah, Walter yells at him, and the dude ignores him. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, and uh, he says, uh, he's talking about the other Lebowski. He's like, his name is Lebowski. And Donnie says, that's your name, dude. <laughs> Like, sort of, was Donnie even paying attention? What's going on? What's he doing? What's going on? Um, and uh, Walter says, that they peed on your fucking rug. Um, and uh, this is where uh, the dude goes to see the Big Lebowski. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, he's at the Big Lebowski's house. Uh, Philip Seymour, Seymour Hoffman is there uh, giving the tour of the house. He's his was personal assistant. Brant, I think. Brant. Brant, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he's giving him a tour of the house. He's like his personal assistant or whatever he is. And that's funny because uh, I think this movie, when it came out, I was watching the theater. I recognized Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's Philip Seymour Hoffman. It was like one of the first movies for him. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I know the actor. I know what I know oh, okay. what he delivered, but I'm not exactly sure what's going on here. Oh, okay. Um, so you we talked this before about recognizing actors. Yeah. At different yeah. times in their careers, and this is one of the earliest times. I'm like, I saw him on the screen. I'm like. Okay. I the name. Okay, I probably didn't know his name at this point. I knew he was in Twister, and uh, he'd been in some other things. And Boogie Nights was right before yeah. this, I think. I think it's because Boogie before. Nights. That, uh, okay, um, but you know, I don't. I definitely knew his face. I don't think I knew his name at this point. But you know, he's giving him a tour, and he's showing him uh, pictures of uh, the, the uh, Lebowski uh, kids under underachiever, or what was yeah. it called? The little achievers. Little achievers. The little achievers. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, and uh, the dude says they're Lebowski's children. Also, racially, he's pretty cool. And it's like pretty and he's, he's laughing, laughing. It's like no, they're not actually his children. Uh, and uh, and uh, it shows a picture of him with Nancy Reagan and Brian is saying, "No, this is when she was first lady of the nation, not just California." <laughs> and uh, we, we also he also met uh, you know Mr. Reagan, but uh, there was no time for a photo opportunity and. The dude's like, well, Nancy, that's still pretty good. Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> and this is where uh, the dude comes in. The the, the titular Lebowski. Uh, There's there, that word again. The titular, uh, the big Lebowski, um, who enters, he enters his office and he's in a wheelchair. And uh, David Huddleston, which we've already seen in Blazing Saddles. Yes. He was, uh, I don't know, one of the Johnsons. Yes. Um uh, camera, which Johnson he was, but he was one of the Johnsons, uh, one of the uh, citizens, one, one of town leaders. citizens of Rock Ridge, yeah. Um, and uh, do the dude who explained it is like, yeah, Brent already explained it. Uh, did I urinate on your rug, or did I think he says, did I mitterate on your rug, or something like that? Um, and I like how even though the Big Lebowski is this, we presented as this very charitable guy who did all these charitable things 
The first thing he says is, you're looking for a handout just like everybody else. He's not a very charitable person. No. person. No, he's not. He's saying, just saying, you're, you look for a handout. Well, this is where you get the sense of who he really is. Right. And that helps when uh, the dude kind of figures out what's going on. That Oh, okay. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess you could call it foreshadowing for later on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And um, the dude says, uh, you know, he's calling him Lebowski. He's like, I'm not Lebowski. You're Lebowski. I'm the dude. I'm the dude. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's interesting because uh, later on, Brent calls him dude. Yeah. And I, I think the that. stranger calls him dude. Yeah. And uh, what? I think, uh, one other person calls him dude. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Everyone else calls him by name. Well, yeah, and I love, I love Brant calling him dude. Yeah. When that, Brant, when that one's in there, I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Because that's a show of respect for the dude. Right, exactly. He's showing him respect. Like, he's 100% on board. Yeah. This guy wants to call this weird name. I don't care. Yeah. I respect him. And I'm going to call him the way And he it wants. showed his character for the character. Right, um, right. Despite his toady attitude and everything right. towards the big Lebowski that he would, there's something else. In yeah. There. Cause he said, well, dude, we just don't know. Do we? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. It's a little thing, but it really means something. I think. Uh, and uh, I think it kind of redeems the character for being a complete toady to right. being something a little more. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the big Lebowski, you know, says, do you have a job? Do you go out just like that on a weekday? And the dude says, this is, is this a, this, uh, he has no idea what it is. Um, and uh, he basically says that, you know, you should do, you know, what your parents did. Get a job, sir. He's like, uh, and and here's what the dude says to him. This, this aggression will not stand, man. He's already repeating. He's repeating. Right. What, Don, what, Walter, what Walter said Walter. and also what George Bush said. Yes. He saw on the TV. Um, and uh, the Big Lebowski says, your revolution is over. The bums lost, sir. The, the bum's lost. And uh, and uh, the dude is walking out, and Brand Brand says, how was your meeting? He says, great. The old man told me to take, take any rug in the house. <laughs> Which was a great line. Yeah. yeah. And next, they show him walking out to the patio mm-hmm. where he's going to meet Bunny, and there's someone carrying a rug. Right. One right. of the servants are carrying a rug rolled up. Yeah. 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 Um, and this is where um, he walks by uh, Bunny, uh, played by Tara Reed. Tara Reed. Uh, in a bathing suit. And she's uh, uh, painting her nails green. Yeah. yeah. Very dark green, which is important for later on. Yeah. Um, and I have a story about Tara Reed. Oh, really? I have a Tara Reed story. It's okay. not really my story, but I saw her. So uh, okay. we, we were out in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. One of the times uh, we did a photo shoot mm-hmm. for publicity for the show. Mm-hmm. And we're in this studio. Uh, mm-hmm. First time ever being there. It's the first time uh, in the studio. It's the first time, first photo shoot we did for that. Yeah. And we're doing all these. What they had us do was go wearing these different costumes for different uh, seasons and holidays and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. we did all these different uh, photo shoots with different holidays. But they didn't really know exactly when the show was going to come out. So we wanted mm-hmm. to cover a lot of bases. Mm-hmm. So at one point, <clears throat> uh, Dee Dee's in like the little makeup area. Mm-hmm. This little makeup room with a couple of makeup artists. And uh, she's getting like touched up. And uh, this woman walks in and... and blue jean jacket and shirts and and she was really disheveled looking and Dee Dee thought it was another makeup artist. She mm-hmm. goes, oh, I think I'm in the wrong place. She turns around and walks out and the two makeup artists, oh, you know what that was? It was Tara Reed. Really? <laughs> and I saw her walk in and walk out. Yeah. And I just saw 
the blonde woman walk in and walk out. I really get a close look at her. So, mm-hmm. um, but apparently, you know, in this big studio, there's all the other studios going on doing other different photo shoots. So she was there for something. Uh, I'm not sure if the timing, it was uh, 2012, maybe late 12, early 13. Mm-hmm. I don't know, was Sharknado coming out around then? I don't know. Uh, I have to look to see what she was I'm doing. Not sure. then. I'm not sure. But uh, that's my terrible story. Okay. And I'm well, sticking to it. That's pretty cool. Um, and yeah, and, and like, Tara Reed's playing bunny here. Uh, she's painting her toenails and she says blowing them to the dude and is pointing her feet up at him. And, uh, and, uh, the dude says, are you sure he won't mind? Um, pointing at, uh, right. well, no point. Well, no pointing at, uh, Peter Stormare's character, uh, uh, Carl Hungus. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He's in the pool. He's in the pool, uh, floating. He's like maybe asleep. And he's like, and Bunny says he doesn't care about anything. He's a nihilist. And the dude says, oh, that must be exhausting. <laughs> and and uh, we, we do see that Bunny has the green toenail polish. Um, and Bunny says, uh, I'll suck a cock for $1,000. And uh, he laughs. And uh, Brent, Brent can't watch there. He has to pay 100 And Brent just uncomfortably laughs at him. It is like as if this has happened before. And, oh, yeah. And, and he's paid the 100 before. Right, right, right. Exactly. He's very like... <laughs> Uh, sort of embarrassed, sort of. Um, and uh, the dude says, I'm just going to go find a cash machine. Um, Which is a great ending line. Yeah. You know he's not coming back, but the same thing. Let me go find a cash machine. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, next we're at the uh, bowling alley, and uh, Walter shows up the bowling alley with his ex-wife's dog um, in, a, in, a, in a carrier. Um, and what kind of dog is it? I can't remember now. Well, he says it's a Pomeranian, but it's a terrier act, obviously. Oh, okay. So. Okay, um, but uh, you know his his ex wife is in Hawaii with her boyfriend, um, and the dude is giving him shit about it. Of course, you know why are you taking care of your ex wife's dog? Um, and we find other things that he's he's been doing for her. And, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, this is where uh, Smokey uh, uh, goes over the line, and uh, Jimmy Dale Gilmore. Oh, okay, is that his name? Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know his name. Um, Walter says, uh, "You know, aren't foul." And uh, he says, "Smokey, this is not not this is not numb. It's bowling. It has rules." It's a line of many many times where uh, Walter brings that Vietnam. Um, and uh, he says, "Well, Smokey, my friend, you're entering a world of pain." And he gets his his uh, gun out. He's pointing his gun at him. Makes him. Uh, it makes him mark it a zero. Um, and after he walks away, the dude says, uh, Smokey, you know, he's got emotional problems. He, he said, well, you mind, besides being passive, uh, being a pacifist. Um, and uh, the dude says, no, you're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Um, and, uh, you know, Walter just, you know, it gets everything is about Vietnam. He brings that up. Um, you get back to the dude's house and uh, – the dude has a picture of uh, Nixon bowling in the White House on his wall. It's uh, a fairly iconic picture, actually. Uh, yeah. I guess, uh, I don't know if Nixon had the bowling alley built into the White House. I think, I he, I think he was the one. one. Um, but he was an avid bowler. Yeah, so. I think he was the one. I think he was the one that did it, I believe. Um, but uh, the dude's landlord uh, knocks on the door, invites him to his uh, his one-man. Dance, dancing sure. in four parts. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, 
and this is where you find out, oh, yeah, by the way, it's the 10th, uh, you know, basically find out that his rent is very late, too. Um, and uh, the uh, the big uh, the big Lebowski uh, is talking about what makes a man. Um, you know, he's, he's telling him about uh, Bunny being kidnapped. Yes. Uh, he's there with Brant. Um, and uh, he shows him the ransom note. Um, and, uh, you know, we believe the kidnappers might be the same, same that soldier, same people that sold your rug. Basically he's like, we don't care about the rug. You can keep the rug, but, uh, you know, you might, you're in a unique position to, um, to but identify them. With this, uh, he said stole the rug. So this was after he got knocked out by the other Lebowski. Yeah, right. Um, we didn't talk about Maud coming in. And him being knocked out and waking up and the rug is gone. No, no. This uh, this is before that, yeah. So this is bef- not before his rug has been taken. Um. Well, no, he, yeah, it's after. He, after he took the rug. I and mean, they said, you don't care about that. The Big Lebowski doesn't care. Oh, about you took his the, rug. You took oh, the rug. I, I missed, missed Don't it, worry yeah. about it. We're not worried about it. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're not worried about that. I misunderstood. Miss oh, okay. Um. And uh, this is where, uh, you know, they're t- figuring out who kidnapped her. And this is where Brant says, well, dude, we just don't know, do we? Yeah. Um, and uh, so basically they're, uh, they give him a, uh, a you know, portable phone at the time uh, with you know, a cell phone. Monster thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, so uh, he's at the bowling alley. He's got the uh, phone with him waiting on uh, them to call. Call. And this is where we get uh, uh, the Jesus, John Turturro's character. John Turturro. Um, and you get the um, the music is uh, by the Gypsy Kings, Hotel California in, in uh, Espanol. Yes. Yeah. Um, and he's got his little, uh, he's got his tongue licking the ball. He's dancing around. Uh, he blows kisses to Donnie. Um, so uh, I was reading that John Goodman had said that except for one line from the dude, Mm-hmm. Almost everything you see in the movie, mm-hmm. every this, every word, every mm-hmm. to do to the man to this was written down mm-hmm. with very little ad living mm-hmm. or improvisation, except for John Turturro. Mm-hmm. They really wanted him for that part, and he said, well, "I've got these ideas. And let's go for it. We only went on for a couple of days to film, so a lot of that stuff, the the ball cleaning, yeah, yeah. Uh, the licking of the ball, his dancing around, um, and apparently they based the character off." A character he'd done in a short film that they saw and they really liked. Okay. Uh, it was a pederast. Mm-hmm. So they won't bring him in. He obviously knows he can do a pederast. We'll do this. And, mm-hmm. and so uh, uh, they brought him in for this part. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, yeah, they, uh, Walter says, fucking Quintana, which I, is his last name, I guess. Uh, so that creep can grow, man. And uh, no, no, the dude says that. But then Walter says, yeah, but he's a pervert, dude. He's a sex offender with a record. Yeah. And Walter says, he's a pederast. And Donnie says, what's a petter ass? He says, shut the fuck up, Donnie. It's a ast, A-S-T. Right, 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 right. Yeah, petter ass, yeah. Um, and uh, they're basically telling the story, exposed himself, whatever, to a kid, to an eight-year-old. Um, and uh, these uh, the dude's talking about what the uh, Big Lebowski uh, situation with him trying to help with the kidnapping. So he gave me 20, 20 grand, and they gave, gave the dude a beeper. Um, 
And uh, the dude, well, they hadn't given it to him yet because later on he asked for the money and they, they give him something else. Oh, okay. So he said, they're going to give me 20 grand. They're going to pay me 20 grand. Well, no, he hadn't given the money yet, but yeah, the beeper, I think he'd already. Yeah. Um, the dude mentions, uh, he mentions they, she probably kidnapped herself. He just mentioned that. Yeah. Then Walter runs with it. And, uh, and Walter says, it's like Lennon said, you look for the person who would benefit. And then Donnie's saying, I'm the walrus. And he keeps <laughs> saying, I am the walrus. And, uh, you know, Walt, Walter's saying, look for the person who benefit. That's the person who's guilty, basically. You know, it kind of occurs to me right now that, you know, uh, remember uh, A Brother Where Art Thou? Mm -hmm. was based on um, Greek plague. Mm -hmm. That Donnie's character is kind of like a Greek chorus. Mm -hmm. They're spouting things that sometimes are nonsensical, sometimes right on the point, but it's kind of background. Yeah. Background exposition or character coloring. Uh, and that could be one of the reasons why the dude kind of ignores him because he's just always saying stuff that just yeah. seems to be like slightly out of sync. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, the Donnie kept saying, I am the walrus. I am the walrus. And uh, Walter, you know, basically Vladimir Ilyich Yulianov, um, VA Lenin, of course. And uh, Walter says, uh, did not watch my buddies die face down in the muck. So this fucking strumpet, this fucking whore could waltz around. And, uh, you know, dude says, Walter, I don't see any connection to Vietnam, man. And uh, just constantly Walter's bringing up Vietnam. Yes. And uh, like I said, he runs with the idea that she kidnapped herself. The dude just kind of mentions that maybe that happened. And Walter's instantly convinced of the whole thing. Now, uh, I did read a little bit of trivia that in one of the early drafts near the end of the movie, mm -hmm. The dude says to him, Walter, you're never even in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. You know, basically recoloring the entire character. Okay. Um, but they dropped that. Okay. Let it let it stand as it was. Oh, okay. Okay. Huh. I didn't know that one. Um, and uh, here's where a uh, dude went, says one of his lines that's become a big meme is he says, Well, yeah, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a very famous meme now. Um, this is where uh, the Jesus comes up and talks to him. And he says, nobody fucks with the Jesus. Um, and, uh, yeah, Don Totoro in a very small role really really uh, hits it out of the park here. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, you got the, the dude in his house. Listen to a Walkman. It says playoffs 1987. It's from the bowling playoffs. Yes. And you hear the, you hear the ball rolling down yes. the lane and strikes. And this is where Maud is standing over him with two guys, and he gets punched. And, and this is where yeah he gets punched and he wakes up and the and the rug's gone. Right, right. But also this is where he has his uh, his little uh, his dream. Yes. And the dude is flying over L.A. He's flying and then he realizes he looks he has a bowling ball in hand, which of course weighs him down and causes him to plunge plunge toward the ground. And he's miniature. He's on the ball return. He's running away from the ball, and. Uh, he goes through all this stuff, and then they, he wakes up, and his beeper is beeping. And the rug is gone. Yeah, the rug is gone. So I was reading that uh, mm -hmm. they knew they wanted to film a POV shot of him inside the bowling ball. Mm -hmm. And you don't really see it, but when the ball uh, flips over, you see, you see it going to the pins, and it goes mm -hmm. back to the whoever threw the ball. It's upside down, but it's mod. Oh, okay. Uh, which I could tell because of the coat. Okay. Uh, right. I, I just saw the, the overcome. That's the same girl, Maude. Mm -hmm. So, and they, apparently, the uh, the thing they worried about the most was the getting the timing right. 
so that the ball would speed up at the right point and just before it hit the pins. Okay. All right. All right. And uh, we'll be back right after this. She probably kidnapped herself. Huh? Oh, what do you mean, dude? Rug Piers did not do this. Look at it. A young trophy wife marries this guy for his money. She figures he isn't giving her enough. You know, she owes money all over town. Oh, fucking. It's all bitch. goddamn fake, man. It's like Lennon said you look for the person who will benefit and, uh, uh, you know. Uh, I am the walrus. You know, you'll. Uh, uh, well, you know what I'm trying to say? I am the walrus. Fucking bitch. Oh, yeah. I am the walrus. That's ex Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The I Lennon. Vladimir Ilyich Ulyanov. What the fuck is he talking about? Fucking exactly what happened. Those, oh, that yeah. makes me fucking sick. Well, what do you care, Walter? Those rich fucks. This whole fucking thing. I did not watch my buddies die face down in the muck so that this fucking strumpet, this Walter, fucking whore, see any could waltz around Vietnam, down. man. Well, there isn't literal connection, no, Walter, dude. Walter, face it. There isn't any connection. Your role. Have it your way. But my your point role. is, that my point your is. Role. Are you ready to be fucked, man? I see you roll your way to the semis. Dios mio, man. Liam and me, we're gonna fuck you up. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Let me tell you something, Pandeo. You pull any of your crazy shit with us, you flash a piece out on the lanes, I'll take it away from you and stick it up your ass and pull the fucking trigger till it goes click. Jesus. You said it, man. Nobody fucks with the Jesus. Eight-year-old. We're back here on the podcast talking about The Big Lebowski. Uh, this movie on Rotten Tomatoes, 83. 83. Mm -hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. I think it could be better. Yeah. But, you know. Pretty good for the type of movie it is. It's probably a pretty good score. Um, yes. And it's, you know. Uh, the budget on the movie, $15 million. Uh, the box office, international box office, $46 million. Not a big bump from 15. No. What, three times? Yeah. And that's you said international. That means America yeah, and which, abroad. So when I it? do box office, I always talk about worldwide. What was, the, what was the American, do you know? Uh, I don't remember, but um, an adjusted box office, $73 million. Yeah, this movie was not a big hit. No. This has become a cult. Yes, I'm 100%. Yeah, yeah. Cult, uh, one of, uh, say, maybe a dozen cult movies you can think off the top of your head, Rocky yeah. Horror, yeah. this, uh, mm -hmm. Crybaby, you know, yeah. and, uh, Hairspray. Yeah. Um, that uh, at the time they came out, were mm -hmm. considered duds. Mm -hmm. But as time rolls along, mm -hmm. more and more people just obsess over them. Office Space. Office Space. Oh, yeah. I yeah. love that movie. Yeah. In fact, um, I remember... Um, I remember um, when VH1 was doing, um, uh, I think it was I Love the 90s, and they were doing, um, and then probably in the year, maybe say 2002 or 2003 or something. And the move, the thing that brought this back into prominence for me was, and I didn't realize people were talking about this movie and Office Space were both talked about as like, one of the big movies of the year, even though they weren't big movies, they were, they didn't make a lot of money, but they were movies that people talked about. And this, 
this and Office Space were the ones that like, yeah, okay, okay, maybe I should revisit it. And they really got me into back into because I saw this movie in theaters, but and I did not see Office Space in theaters. But that both those movies, it got me to go back and revisit them. And yeah, this movie similar is what, what's happened. I wonder why uh, Raising Arizona did become more of a cult hit like this, where people would obsess over the the parts of it. Um, I mean, it's a, I've said Raising Arizona is like a minor cult hit, but yeah. not along the lines of this. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't, I don't have it's, an answer. It's, it's as quirky as and yeah. has an interesting story. There's lots of little things going on everywhere. Yeah. Um, to yeah, Raising like, Arizona is probably a weirder movie than this is. I mean, probably. Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's a good, I, don't, I don't have an answer to that. That's a good point. Maybe it's because of the timing when Raising Arizona came out, it was just more acceptable from mm-hmm. the Coen brothers and mm-hmm. new, new, new actor, directors coming out. Of course, Nick Cage wasn't as Nick Cagey as he is now. No, no. no. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, this movie on the IMDb list is uh, number 196 of all time. Right. A little surprised it's that low, honestly, because IMDb is a very, uh, their ranking is, is a lot of guys' movies, and I expected this to be higher than that, but still great that it's on the list. Um, Speaking of guys' movies, mm-hmm. uh, the Bechdel test, no. No. What, one female character, two that we know the names of. They yeah. Never, they never interact. No. And they, so obviously they never talk to each other, and that's it. Yeah, no way. Maud and Bunny and so. Yeah, no chance. Zero for the Bechdel. No chance. Um, the uh, the awards for this movie, nothing. No important awards or nominations. Nothing important. Just forget about that. Um, forget about it. Um, uh, this movie was released March 6, 1998. Um, do you remember when you first saw the movie? Uh, I wanted to say that I saw in the theater. I'm a, I was a big Coen Brothers at the mm-hmm. time. And I don't remember being overly impressed. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the people that really like it, which I really like it now, is mm-hmm. as time has gone by and I've revisited it and I've read a little bit about it and gone back and looked at it from a different perspective, I just like it more and more. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, I never really caught the, the Raymond Chandler influence the first time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the opening sequence to the credits to the, op- the voiceover and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's very much styled after a 1940s movie based mm-hmm. on a Raymond Chandler novel, you know, okay. yeah. maybe not an exact novel, but that type of movie. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of a, an homage to that type of movie. Mm-hmm. And it is a mystery. Mm-hmm. And there are all those elements of that kind of movie in there. But then John Dunn and the topsy-turvy Coen Brothers style. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw this in theaters. Um, and... You know, Fargo was was out like a couple years before this, and I couldn't wait to see the next Coen Brothers movie. And I was like, oh, that was okay. Are you familiar with the Steve Buscemi's character and the character arc he's taken through the Coen Brothers? Movie? Yeah, his uh, body. His body. I think it was Miller's Crossing. Right. It was the first one. Mm-hmm. I remember Barton Fink where he dies and his body's there on the ground. Yeah. The next one is Fargo mm-hmm. and his body is chopped up and last you see his, him is his, his leg. leg right. Stuck. And of course, at the end of this movie, he's, he's uh, in a much smaller part. He's ashes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I remember thinking this movie was okay the first time I saw it in theaters. I definitely saw it in theaters and thought it was okay. I, I was underwhelmed. 
this is definitely, it's definitely disappointing when you revisit it and you think about it and you talk about it with friends or buddies or just read an article or two online about someone's different perspective. You're like, I never thought that. I never saw that. Yeah. And then you go back and you're watching, you're like, I see that now. Yeah. Uh, I see that. It's like uh, we talk about the, the batter Meinhof thing. Mm-hmm. Something's pointed out to you. Suddenly you see it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is different than what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. And this uh, is definitely one of those movies. Oh, for sure. Sure. Um, this movie came out. This movie's in theaters at the time. Same day uh, as U.S. Marshals, uh, the, the Fugitive sequel. Uh, other movies were in theaters. Primary Colors, Wild Things, Lost in Space, The Wedding Singer, Half Baked, Spice World, and Blues Brothers 2000. Another John Goodman movie. Yeah. And uh, so there's a mix of mix of movies there. Um, do you remember which ones you saw? In uh, the U.S. Marshals, Lost in Space, uh, Wedding Singer. And I think that's it. I, and remember avoiding Blues Brothers 2000. I still oh, haven't seen it. I, I think I've seen parts of it. Yeah. I just don't want to watch it. I don't want to mm-hmm. like it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to hate it. I want to just know that it's out there and mm-hmm. not have it color mm-hmm. um, my love of the Blues Brothers. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's thematically similar. It's got Jim Belushi. It's got other characters. But, wow. It's just so far away from yeah. the original movie that I just I don't yeah. want to watch all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still haven't seen it. I, I didn't. I've never seen U.S. Marshals. Never seen Spice World. Um, I like U.S. Marshals. In fact, I really thought that with Wesley Snipes' character, they could have kept going. What I would call a round robin. You know, mm-hmm. The Fugitive with mm-hmm. Tommy Jones' character. Oh, U.S. Marshals. He's mm-hmm. the lead with Wesley Snipes' character. Oh, mm-hmm. Wesley Snipes' movie. With another character, oh, that character's movie—they could have mm-hmm. gone on and on. Okay, I thought, uh, and that's why I called it round robin, where they take one yeah. character from right. one movie and then make another movie with them and keep going around. And then maybe somewhere along the lines, come back around mm-hmm. to some of the other characters, make it like a little mini universe. Yeah, uh, yeah. but they didn't go further than this movie. Yeah. Um, now, which which one of these movies, including The Big Lebowski, have you seen the most? Uh, the Wedding Singer, believe it or not. And actually, okay. I met one of the. Uh, Character, the actress, actress, actresses from the wedding singer. Was it the rapping, actually, the rapping granny? Uh, no, actually, it was uh, the female flight attendant, the one who came up to uh, uh, Adam Sandler when they're on the plane to like Vegas, whatever. Hey, there's some douchebag back there that just hit on me, blah, blah, blah. And it was goes, Billy Idol? No, no, no. This was, uh, he was like talking to Billy Idol. Oh, and okay. They were talking about what's oh, her name okay. and her in the back. And he didn't realize she was on the same plane. Oh, okay. Because he's talking to them about how he lost the girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And, and then the, wait, the, the flight attendant comes up. Well, she was on our show. Okay. Yeah. Uh, really? What was her name? Um, I should. Sorry if I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but she uh, had a a, a a bit on our show where we were uh, one of the episodes where we were trying to gather the local people around us to come have a party. Mm-hmm. She was one of the people that we met, and she came along with her two kids. That's very cool. Yeah. Well, um, I've definitely seen The Big Lebowski more than any of these movies. Sometimes it's debatable for me. This is no doubt. I've seen the Big Lebowski. Um, I've those those movies. I've seen Wedding Singer a couple times. I think I've seen it uh, probably seven or ten full times. And and I've uh, I've seen the Big Lebowski more than all those movies combined easily. I've seen it a bunch of times. Um, uh, Primary Colors is good. I've seen it. I've only seen it once. Wild Things. I've seen it once. 
Lost in Space once. Half-Baked once or twice, maybe. Yeah. I have not seen Half-Baked. Yeah. I have not seen Blues Brothers 2000. Seen Spice World? I uh, have. Yes, I have you saw Spice World? First day of theaters, right? No, no, not quite. But I you camped out for tickets. Uh, you know, I wish I had. Yeah. No, because I always say I, I camped out for tickets for Spice World. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? I'm like, I was in deranged at the time. But at least you can say you did it. Right. No. Right. no, no. Okay. Caught it on cable. Okay. One um, of those. I'm just sitting around. Oh, Spice World. I've never watched this, but I'm here alone, and why not? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, director in this movie, the Coen Brothers. Yes. Um, they're pretty good. Now they both write together and mm-hmm. they direct together, but generally I think it's Ethan gets the writing credit and Joel gets the directing credit. Mm-hmm. And it's very seldom that they flip that. Yeah, uh, I have to look up uh, a list of it all mm-hmm. uh, to see exactly where they're at. But I don't think they ever get co-directing credits. Yeah, well, I don't, think, do it's, get, I don't they, think it's I don't think it's allowed. They do get co-writing credits. Yeah, I don't think it's it's not legally allowed by the directors guild. I think for uh, uh, awards and such like this, right. it has to be uh, someone right. credited. It has to be one person. Yeah. yeah. Although for the writing, there can be multiple people do yeah. stories, and that's why you see different credits for story by. Uh, script by, right? Uh, written by, written yeah. by. You know, right. these are different, slightly different categories, but it lets you know that multiple people worked on the script. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, the Steve Park Award for this movie, um, gee, I have to go with. Uh, I mean, I guess I'll go with uh, Peter Peter Stormare um, after he was he was here playing Carl Hungus and uh, he was in Fargo. Um, now I'm pretty sure Carl Hungus was the uh, Stage name. Well, yeah. For his, did yeah. we ever learn his real name? Oh, Uli. Uli. It was Uli. Was it? She I kept calling him Uli. Oh, okay. I couldn't. I can remember. I don't that. know if we know his last name, but Uli. Yeah, I couldn't remember that. Um, but uh, and the tagline for this movie, uh, they figured he was lazy. He was a lazy, time wasting slacker. They were right. <laughs> yeah, pretty good tagline. Um, and uh, so, and I want to mention too. Um, Connection with Contender, uh, the movie we did, The Contender. Another Jeff Bridges movie. Another Jeff Bridges movie. Another uh, featured bowling in the yes. basement of the yes. White House. Yes, he did. Um, now, Jeff Bridges did roll the ball in that movie, did not in this movie. He, yes, he never rolled the ball yeah. in this movie. Right. Um, it was a bowling It also had Sam Elliott in the movie. Yes. And another connection. Now, Contender came out in 2000, a couple years after this. The contender featured a woman in a convertible, and Viva Las Vegas was playing, and she was singing <laughs> uh, in the very opening of the movie uh, when that happened in The Contender. So that's a lot of weird connections uh, um, from two very different movies. So. I can see where perhaps the cont- people who made The Contender were like, let's throw a few things in there. We yeah. got Jeff Bridges. He's, he's yeah, the president. Right. They have bowling center. Yeah. Let's take a look at the big Lebowski. What can we throw in there a little bit mm-hmm. here and there just as, you know, acknowledgement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's some more connections there with two really good movies. Um, so get back to talking about the story. Um, and uh, this is the, uh, the scene where uh, Walter goes with him. Uh, they're going to drop off the money. And uh, Walter brought his uh, bag. Uh, his ringer, his ringer, and like, and his package. Yeah, my dirty undies, dude. He's like the whites, <laughs> like he says the whites, and uh, basically, I, I really like the fact that 
dude's going through pulling stuff. I go, what is this? And yeah. it's my dirty undies. I think yeah. it's got his hands all over. Right. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Walter's saying he's smiling, saying the whites, you know. And uh, <coughs> basically the dude, and he's pretty right to to be pissed off about this. Like, Walter's trying to make it into this thing and trying to – it's going to steal from these people. Um and uh, Walter says, come on, you're being very undued. And uh, they're about to do the drop drop off. Uh, uh, Creedence song starts on the radio. Um, and uh, <laughs> Walter's plan is, uh, you know, we throw the decoy. I go and I grab one of them and beat it out of them. <laughs> That's uh, Walter's whole plan. Uh, they get to the wooden bridge and uh, it's time to throw the money out. But uh, Walter stops the dude from doing it and throws his decoy bag out. I, I read some trivia on that. Mm -hmm. They could not get the bag to arc properly as they're driving along, throwing mm -hmm. it out the window. So what they did was they filmed it in reverse. They had someone throw mm -hmm. the bag at the car and a nice big giant arc mm -hmm. from the area of the bridge where it's supposed to land. They filmed that. Okay. And they put it into the sequence there. So it looks like it comes out a nice, nice big arc from the car. Okay. They couldn't get it to just go because uh, I'm awkward or whatever. Hmm. So they filmed that little bit in reverse and put it in the film. Okay. I, need to. I definitely didn't know, didn't notice that one. Um, I wouldn't have noticed it either. If I, if I hadn't read about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Walter decides he's going to jump out of the car when it's going slow and rolls. And takes and, the package with him. Right, the package which is like an contains Uzi. an Uzi. Yeah. Uzi ends up shooting the back of the car. The Uzi is spinning on the ground, right. like on the on a, the, tar the, the the road, mm -hmm. and just going off in all sorts of different directions. Yeah, you're so lucky he didn't get shot. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then the car, you know, the dude's trying to steer it, and the car runs in the telephone pole, and uh, everything's messed up. And uh, Walter says, "Oh fuck it, dude, let's go bowling." So they go back to the bowling alley. And this, the phone, dude has the phone. The phone keeps ringing. He's not, he don't want to answer it. Yeah. Just constantly ringing, constantly ringing. Uh, and the, the dude's saying they're going to kill that poor woman. And uh, Walter's making fun of him. Like, they're going to kill that poor woman. Like, Walter still thinks it's absolutely, she's lying about everything. Um, and, uh, in the middle of this, Walter's making fun of uh, the dudes and they're going to kill that poor. And someone says, they posted the next round of the tournament. He's like, oh, shut the fuck. He's talking to Donnie. Shut the fuck. Oh, wait, when do we play? Like, he interrupts, he interrupts himself of saying, shut the fuck up, Donnie, because he wants to know when they play. He realizes it's a Saturday. He's like, Shabbos. Yeah, I don't roll on Shabbos. It's like, what's that? What's that? The Jewish day arrest. And, uh, <laughs> You know, you find out that he's uh, he's Jewish now because of his ex-wife. Because he married, he converted when he married her. Right. Um, <clears throat> man, <laughs> he's, he's he's stuck. Yeah, Walter is definitely stuck. Yeah, and uh, in the middle of this, you have Jewy uh, Donnie uh, saying, uh, "Who's got your undies, Walter?" Because <laughs> he hears part of the story about his undies, um, and uh, the dude's car gets stolen. Uh, and uh, they want to go out to the parking lot. They realize the phone, you know. This is where uh, Donnie says, phone's ringing, dude. He said, thank you, Donnie. Yes. It's one of the few times where he does talk he goes, where to you. Where you going, dude? I'm going home, Donnie. Yeah. The two, like, the first time he directly speaks to Donnie, and he calls him by name. Yeah. And this is one of the scenes where you realize that he just ignores Donnie most of the time. Right. Because right. Donnie's worth ignoring. Right. For someone who's as lazy as the dude, he still just ignores someone. 
gets them out that has less interactive less interaction with people yeah yeah um this is where uh, he makes the arrest report and uh the two cops are in his uh his apartment uh um they're asking him was there anything of value in the car he said tape deck tape deck credence credence tape and my briefcase and the cop says uh in the brief and in the briefcase he said uh uh, paper, my, just papers, my business papers, and he's he's back in his recliner with his bathrobe on. And it is like sandals. Kind of and and uh, uh, what would he do? What do you work? do, sir? Uh, I'm unemployed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my business papers. And while we're talking, uh, his phone rings. His house phone rings. Right. The, the answering machine kicks in, and Maud Lebowski's on there saying, "I've got the rug." Right. right. And one kid goes, "Well, we solved that case." Yeah. Exactly. That's what all. Yeah, and uh, and the other cop. Uh, Says that I wouldn't hold up much much hope for the tape deck or the credence. <laughs> Deride into like deriding, yes, like like a scowl of like you know un- disapproval of like the credence. Um, the dude goes to visit Maud, and this is where um, he's just standing there, and you don't know what the hell is going on. And I definitely didn't when I was in theater seeing this, like, and hers she's naked, flying overhead. With paintbrushes. I, I actually understood that. Yeah. Um, what was going on, the type mm-hmm. of art and the mm-hmm. goofiness and people trying to achieve mm-hmm. something. Um, I think I'd, I'd either seen a documentary or mm-hmm. I, I was aware of people that did yeah. really unusual stuff. I, I've actually got a cousin that does uh, uh, abstract artwork. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look at it sometimes. I'm like, I don't see it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she goes flying in her harness. Uh Flinging paint from her paintbrushes, she's naked, and uh, you know she lands, and her helpers, uh, you know, put her uh, robe on her or whatever, and uh, she comes up and says, "Did the female form make you uncomfortable? My art has been called vaginal," <laughs> and she's just vagina, you know. He's just whatever. Um, she's talking about. Um, she's talking about. Uh, Carl Hungus, uh, the 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 porn he made called Log Jamming. This is where he actually they show. Yeah, they show it. Too. Yeah, they show her and him and Tara Reed and some other woman. Are in it. Asia Career, an actual porn actress. Oh, was that Asia Career? Yes. I didn't know it was an actual. Yeah, uncredited in the movie originally. Okay. You have to go to scroll through to see that she's in it, and uh, and the trivia I read. Oh, that's who it was. You know, oh, okay. a little bit of a scene in the porn tapes, of course. Oh, porn actress. Big fan, Asia. I don't remember her. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. Um, and uh, Maude is uh, talking about, you know, the silly plot. And uh, she says, you can imagine where it goes from here. And dude says he fixes the cable. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. And this sort of Maude asks him to go see the doctor. You know, we don't know why. Um, we find out later why. Yes. But, um, kind of a creepy why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Without telling him. Like, uh, and this is uh, the dude is out there in the in the limo. Dom Herrera playing the limo driver. I love very that. talkative. Love Don Herrera. Uh, and I got to tell you, when we were mm-hmm. out there, we had a wide range of limo drivers at mm-hmm. different times. Or, uh, and, and some were talkative and some weren't, but they almost all had a story mm-hmm. to tell of, of something that went on. We had one story yeah. about Justin Bieber in the back of his limo mm-hmm. crying over how he just lost uh, Selena Gomez. Mm-hmm. And we had another story about the, I remember the actress who was uh, just uh, – I have to have this certain dress and we have to go back and get this dress yeah. and I can't do the scene without this, you know, things like that. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I can imagine. Yeah. But yeah, Dom Herrera, just, I love him. He's yeah. 
Always one of my one of my favorite uh, comedians and actors. I think uh, also uh, Diddy and I went to a comedy club, and he was one of the uh, comedians there. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, he's been around forever. Yeah. He's been around since the early '80s or late '70s. Yeah, when you go to a comedy club out there, and yeah. you buy a ticket, and generally there's like five or six comedians will come on mm -hmm. for the for the shift or whatever it is. And I believe that he was one of the ones that were there. Okay. At the comedy club we went to. This was before we wound up being on a podcast out there for another comedian. Mm -hmm. So okay, um, yeah, and uh, uh, dude meets up with Brant and Big Lebowski. Uh, He's he's saying ah, she she kidnapped herself. Like, oh, yeah, he's he's repeating back what uh, Walter's theory was. Yeah, and he's asking for the money, the mm -hmm. twenty thousand. Instead, they give him something else. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's a bandage with uh, originally the toe yes. in it. And but the dude before this, uh, basically his theory about her kidnapping herself, he's talking all this bullshit and making an ass of himself. He's like, well, you know, that's that's what you pay for me. that's what you pay me for. You know, <laughs> just. Being really silly, but like uh, he's like, "Do you think you give me the twenty thousand in cash?" And he thinks they're handing over a check. He's like, "Well, if you already got the check made out, that's, yeah, that's cool." Um, and then uh, he so he has the toe uh, with the green uh, polish on it. Uh, he gets back to uh, you know talk to Walter and Walter you know at the diner at the diner. And by the way, the same diner uh, in Reservoir Dogs. And uh, I can't remember a few other movies. And it's uh, an actual diner in LA, but it's not a working diner. No, it's it's closed down. It's usually only for yeah. TV movie stuff. Yeah. But uh, they haven't torn it down because it's right there in LA. Mm -hmm. And um, you can see all the traffic going by. You can yeah. do the filming inside, not yeah. to worry about stuff outside. Right. And you get that atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's like, uh, you know, Walter says, that wasn't her toe, dude. Yeah. He says, you want a toe, let <laughs> me get you a toe. At this point, you got to mark. I got to point out that Walter's theories are right. Were are, are closer to right than anything else. Right, uh, she exactly. kidnapped herself. You know, um, right. that's not her toe. Mm -hmm. uh, which spoiler, sorry about that. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, he was much closer to being right about this than anyone else. Yes, because uh, I guess he's the smartest guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. He actually might be the smartest guy of the three guys. Yeah. He is the smartest he's guy. Definitely. On the edge, looking over to fall in, into the abyss, but he mm -hmm. definitely seems to be one of the smartest yeah. guys in the movie. Yeah, um, and uh, the the waitress uh, wants to shush him, and uh, you know he's pissed off. He's like, "I got buddies that died face down in the muck, so we could enjoy this family restaurant." He's just being yes. anything. Anything's about Vietnam, yeah. you know. Um, and uh, the next scene, we got the, the dude uh, taking a bath, uh, smoking pot in his bathtub, and. Uh, the three uh, German guys nihilist. walk in with the marmot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're all... Uh, now, this is another animal that's been misnamed in the movie. He says, that's a marmot. It's a ferret, isn't it? It's a, it is a that's ferret. That's what I thought, yeah. But the dude calls it a marmot. Mm -hmm. And then they throw them the, the, the tub. Right. And I, but that's that's wild. When I first saw that, yeah, movie, yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, that scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And I saw things, I'm like, that's just Story right. I mean, how do you scare someone? You just throw it a wild <laughs> animal tub with them. Oh my god, that's scary. I know. But I've always, I've always thought, well, this is a ferret, right? Yeah, it like, a ferret. Yeah. It, the dude called it a marmot because right. he didn't know any better. Oh, okay, that's good. That's a good. That's a good part of the story. But I like the dog, the the, the pomeranian, which is really a terrier. Mm -hmm. He sees it, he misnames it. Or, okay. or, or, or Walter misnames. It. I can't remember. But uh, mm -hmm. yeah. okay. it's like they don't really know their animals. Right. Right. And uh, they're they're both saying, "Where's the money, Lebowski?" We're going to cut off your Johnson. 
And, uh, you know, Flea is one of the three people in here. Flea. Good to see him. It's interesting. The tall guy, uh, I actually had to look him up. I think his last name is Bogus. I've got to have seen him somewhere. Yeah, and me too. if I've seen him somewhere, I, I looked at his list on IMDb. I'm like, I don't really know that stuff. Yeah. He just looks like other people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but because of Stormare and Fleet, mm -hmm. um, whenever Fleet shows up, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Uh, he plays such interesting, unusual characters on the side. Yeah. But because of the two of them, I thought, well, the other guy's got to be someone out there, too. Not that I know of. Yeah. You know, not that I've seen him anything before. He, he has a lot of work under IMDb, but I don't have seen any of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he, uh, after this, he gets his, uh, his car is found. Uh, the cop's like, uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, what's that smell? Like, you know, homeless guys. You know, Either lived in it or just used it for bathroom and took off. Right, right. So, And he's talking to him through the window that won't come down and there's just splatter all across it. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, uh, he's talking about like, they got people working on the case or something. The guy's just kind of laughing at him. That car, um, in the script, it was a different car. Mm -hmm. It was like a Chevy something. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, John Goodman car couldn't fit in it comfortably. Oh, okay. So they changed to the Ford Reno. Oh, okay. Uh, a bigger car that he would he could sit in. Right. Um, okay. And that's why it was that type of car. Originally in the script, it was, uh, I guess, a, a lower mm -hmm. a lower car, a lower a Chevy of some sort. But uh, Goodwin couldn't really fit into it comfortably, so they had to change cars. Oh, okay. Um, after this, uh, the dude is sitting at the uh, snack bar there at the bowling alley, and this Sam Elliott's character, the, the stranger, right? Is that what he's called? The stranger. And uh, what I like the scene because the dude is talking to the bartender, this, that, and the other, mm -hmm. and they're, they're kind of focused on him, and they kind of bring the camera in closer to the dude, filling the frame up, and they kind of pan over and just – He's there. The stranger's there. Yeah. It's like, uh, is he there? Is he not really there? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And they, they talk with each other. And uh, the uh, this is where uh, he orders a Sioux City sarsaparilla. Yeah. And uh, he gives him advice. He's like, sometimes you eat the bar and sometimes the bar eats you. Now, uh, <laughs> in Raising Arizona, wasn't there an Elvis character that Nick Cage's character kind of conversed with? I can't was remember. That, was that that movie where Val Kilmer played uh, a not quite seen? That's true romance. True romance. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I mixing up those two movies that we did earlier on the podcast. Okay. Um, but the uh, the mysterious is he there? Is he there? Character. Uh, it's always interesting to watch. Another yeah. type of a Greek chorus type of character that comes into a story to add flavor and color, but also to point out that something. Not quite straightforward is going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, after Sam Elliott says this stuff to him, uh, the dude says, is that some kind of Eastern thing? And he said, far from it. I love that. That's a great line, far from it. And uh, he, he says to the dude, he's like, you have to use so many cuss words? <laughs> and the dude says, what the fuck, you mean? What the fuck <laughs> are you talking about? And this movie, uh, I think it was like, had like 292 fucks in it. Yeah. It's not the record on the podcast, but it's probably number three. It's up there. Um, it's it's pretty high on the list. And we'll be back right after this. Is this your homework, Larry? Is this your homework, Larry? Look, man. Dude, it... please. Is this your homework, Larry? Just ask him about the car, man. Is this yours, Larry? 
Is this your homework, Larry? Is that your car out front? Is this your homework, Larry? We know it's his fucking homework. Where's the fucking money, you little brat? Look, Larry, have you ever heard of Vietnam? Oh, You're entering a world of pain, time. son. We know that this is your homework. We know that you stole a car. And the fucking money. And the fucking money. And we know that this is your homework. We're going to cut your dick off, Larry. You're killing your father, Larry. All right. This is pointless. Okay. It's time for plan B. You might want to watch out that front window, Larry. Son, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass! Language problem here. A little prick stonewalling me. Walter! What, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? Here you go, Larry. You see what happens? You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens? This is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass, Larry. This is what happens, Larry. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass? This is what happens. You see what happens, Larry? You see what happens, Larry? Do you see what happens, Larry, when you fuck a stranger in the ass? This is what happens, Larry. This is what happens, Larry. What happens, Larry? Hey, baby. What happens when you fuck a stranger? What the uh, fuck are you doing, man? Stop hey, it! Hey, man. I just bought that fucking car last week! Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm gonna hey, fucking I'm kill sorry, you! Man. I just bought that fucking car last week! Come on, man. I'll kill your fucking car, no, man! No, no, hey, hey, that's not his head! God damn it! Fuck you! No. You like that? Fuck you! No. Ah, I'll kill your oh. fucking car, man! Okay, we're back here on the podcast talking about The Big Lebowski. It's time to play uh, one of the trivia games we play here. Um, lately, we've been playing this game called Weird Algorithm. Weird Algorithm. Um, what it is is you take the IMDb app and you look at a movie and... Look at the cast. Look at the cast. And instead of going by billing order, which is what you normally would look at, you can now sort it by popularity. And that's the current popularity is the time you hit that button. Right. Yeah. Um, for example, right right now the number one popular most act, popular actor from The Outsiders is probably Ralph Macchio because Cobra Kai okay. is a big, big you know show right now. And it doesn't matter if you have a small part or a big part; it's just a matter how popular you are right now, as long as you're billed. Uh, you know, I bet Tom Cruise is still the top above Ralph. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not. But. Because really, it does, seriously, it matters. Like, oh, yeah. The week it came out, Ralph Macchio was number one. Ah. He might not be right now because yeah. that was a few weeks ago. But anyway, so we don't know which movie we're doing or we're asking each other. We just know that uh, the other person is very familiar with it and the cast is... It's not an obscure movie. Right. It's a well-known cast. Right. And we should have an idea of who the, who the top billing is and therefore... Based on the current activity today, have a pretty good guess at popularity. Yes, and so I will give you my good guess. Okay, popularity for okay, uh, coming to America, the original. Oh, the original. Yeah, okay. Uh, so Paul's going to try to guess who are the most popular actors right now from okay. coming to so America. Let me go run down who is in it, so mm-hmm. and then reorder it. Of course, uh, Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. Sonia Hall, James Earl Jones. Um, 
Ed Sinclair. Uh, uh, Eric LaSalle, John Amos. Um, is it Sherry Headley, I think, was a female lead? Yes. Um, uh, that's a pretty good amount right there. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Eddie Murphy, number one. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put Arsenio is in number two. James Earl Jones is three. Uh, I can't think of Madge or Cher in anything. We know that Coming to America 2 is coming up, but I'm still Uncle John Amos 4 and Eric LaSalle 5. Okay. Uh, number one, Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, that's right. The, the, the Robert. Yeah. Uh, number two is Eddie Murphy. Okay. Number three, James Earl Jones. Okay. Number four, Cuba Gooding Jr. Oh, uh, Almost uncredited part in, right. in the chair. Yeah, but even if he is, what's, why what, is he number four? <laughs> what's going on with him right now? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Number five is John Amos. Okay, so we have three out of five. Mm-hmm. Number six, Toby Hooper, who played a party guest, uncredited. The director? Yeah, the director, not the director of this movie. But, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, right. Okay. I mean, I remember seeing him when he looks out of place. Like that could do just something because why is he there? Um, also, why is why would he be number six right now? I don't know. Um, Garcelle Beauvais. Oh, Garcelle Beauvais. The Rose Bearer. Yeah. Uh, then Don Amici. Then Sherry Headley. Frankie Faison. Okay. Ralph Bellamy. Arsenio Hall, all the way down there. He's not been to much of anything. I mean, but a few weeks from now, well. In March. Right. March 5th, Arsenio Woo! Hall's going to be number two, probably. All right. Um, and uh, yeah, it's pretty tough to predict. Uh, makes me remind reminded me too that um, I just started rewatching The Wire, the HBO show, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd forgotten that Frankie Faison is on there too. He plays one of the uh, higher ups in the police uh, police department, but uh, I forgot that he was on that show. So, Paul, what movie do you have? That I have about? one of the greatest action adventure movies of all time. Okay. And I'm not talking about Deep Impact. Okay. I'm talking about Armageddon. <laughs> okay, Armageddon. Armageddon. Uh, yeah. Had that wonderful song that everyone can't get out of their heads. Yeah, the the song the song that ruined Aerosmith. <laughs> used to love Aerosmith. So uh, you know who's in it? Uh, yeah. You miss? You want to do the rundown and then put them in order? Um, I'll just. Uh, I yeah. Uh, I'm gonna say. Uh, um. I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Bruce Willis. Um, I'm gonna say Steve Buscemi. Um, Billy Bob Thornton. Ben Affleck. Um, hmm. um I'm gonna say Liv Tyler. Yeah. In that order? Yeah. All right. You are. Wait a minute. I, I put. I don't know why I put Ben Affleck fourth. I put Ben Affleck third. Okay. First up, mm-hmm. Ben Affleck. Okay. And I guess they're all the uh, Justice League Snyder stuff. He's mm-hmm. caught to the top. Yeah. Bruce Willis mm-hmm. number two. Liv Tyler number three. Really? Okay. And you were close. Since we're talking about the big Lebowski, it's Peter Stormare 
has come oh, in at number yeah. four. He was also he was one of the uh, guys. And then number fifth, how could you forget Owen Wilson? Oh, okay. Following up out there, the next five is Jason Isaacs, mm-hmm. Steve Buscemi, Lawrence Tierney, William Fitchner, and Billy Bump Thornton at 10. Now, William Fitchner is one of those guys we talked about who I get mixed up with Peter Stormare and Peter Green, like similar kind of they have body, bodies. Similar body types. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, huh, yeah. Um, you want to hear my Owen Wilson impression? Sure. It's one word impression. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you do it. That's, wow. that's how you do an impression. Wow. Owen Wilson. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Armageddon. A lot of good people, a lot of big people in that. I'd forgotten about uh, Peter Stormare being in it, though. Yeah. Okay. That's a good one. Um, and uh, I actually forgot about I, I couldn't remember who it was. I was looking for a movie that had a lot of people in it. Yeah. The popularity could mix them up. So it's got to be 10 years or older or more to get that popularity mix flipping over. Yeah. Uh, even then, I. I I thought uh, you might you did put Billy Bob Thorne up in there mm-hmm. in front. Yeah, I'm not being in my pants. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, and it's time to get back to talk about the story. Uh, he uh, goes to meet with Maud and her friend. He keeps laughing. Um, and I've seen this movie a bunch, and I didn't realize who that was. was David Thewlis, who that's who David Thewlis yeah. was. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to figure out who it was in the movie as well. Yeah. Um, he. Uh, he was uh, like the main, what the main bad guy in the first Wonder Woman movie. Uh, he was on season three of Fargo. Did very good. And plays I haven't it. seen this Fargo seasons yet. Yeah, uh, did a very good job there. I mean, I'd for, completely forgot. I, I, I know the movie. name from other stuff he's been yeah. in. Yeah, um, but I could not tell you off the top of my head anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the next scene we got. Uh, he's he uh, tries to throw his. Uh, is a, a cigarette or a pot or whatever, a pot out the window. <laughs> and the window's up. Yeah. You can't, that, can't roll it down. Yeah. And it caused him to wreck his car. Um, and uh, you got Credence playing uh, while that's going on again. And uh, he finds uh, the homework assignment, like stuffed in the seat. And uh, that's how they lead him to. Uh, Little Larry Sellers. Yeah. And then before that, they go to the landlord and his play. The yes. landlord's on, on stage dancing. And uh, Walter and Donnie are there. They're talking. It kills me that Walter shows up in a suit. Oh, okay, he yeah. He shows up like in a full suit. Yeah. And he's very more deferential to what's going on, mm-hmm. about being quiet. And, and we, we, he starts getting loud. He pulls himself down. Yeah. And when I think Donnie speaks up, he hushes him. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's like nobody in the theater. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, Walter basically finds out who the kid is, that his dad was, uh, was the was – the, Writer on Brandon, of course, he's mad that the dude doesn't know know his name. I uh, said he, he wrote most of the songs in Brandon, and uh, most of the episodes, 158 episodes. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so Walter and him mm-hmm. goes to confront the kid. You know, very polite, talking to the housekeeper, um, Pilar. Yeah, and uh, they're talking to the kid, and the kid never says anything. He's just staring. Yeah, but at before him. that, they walk in, and there's. The, the father. Right. In the iron lung. Iron lung, yeah. In the background. Oh, is that him? Oh, we love you. You love your show. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they confront the kid, you know, and uh, he, 
you know, they see that there's a, uh, a nice sports car. Brand new. Right. With the sticker in the window still. Right. Right. And it's like that, you know, like that kid spent all, took all that money and spent it on this car. So Walter takes out a golf club and is just destroying his, uh, his car. And he's saying. You want, we want the, you want the TV version or well, the original version? I read a little bit of the, in the movie he says, uh, it's what happens when you fuck him in the ass. Mm-hmm. Just so when you, fuck, you fuck a stranger in the ass, like stranger in the ass, yeah. And for the TV version to to change that, it's, it's when you find someone in the Alps. You find a stranger in and the you Alps. Find a stranger in the Alps, and apparently that's considered one of the best alterations, right? For <laughs> lip syncing and all that stuff right. in the, in the history of yeah. sanitizing a movie, yeah. Because it it fits and it works, right, right. And it's just so. And in fact, he says it several times yes. too. Um, I know Doug, Doug Benson has mentioned that many times of find a stranger in the Alps. And, uh, and apparently uh, there's a, a band out there that made that title on other albums. Really? Find a stranger in the find, Alps? Find a stranger in the Alps. That's great. Um, and the, the guy, uh, you know, you, know you, you realize it's one of the neighbors. The kid never says anything. He's just staring. He's not saying yes or no or anything. And they realize one of the neighbors, the guy's like, what the fuck? I just bought that car. And then so the guy... Takes a crowbar and destroys the dude's car, which yeah. is so funny because it's already pretty much destroyed. Right, and, and also it's Walt. He, the dude's getting punished for something the Walt yes. is doing. Yes, you know. And this reminds me of something I was thinking about uh, a few minutes ago. We we're talking about the animals and how they misname the animals. The Pomeranian mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. a terrier. Uh, the dude calls it a marmot, but it's a ferret. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that was very good foreshadowing for a lot of the movie where they are misidentifying what's going on and who is what this is this is a prime example the car right they misidentified as the kid bought it he got the right. money he went and bought a car he did it already blah 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 yeah they've misidentified what's going on yeah and as we discover throughout the movie a lot of what's going on they are you know the walter is the closest they're misidentifying and mis uh, tagging a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And so the animals are like foreshadowing of how clueless they are. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, def- definitely. It's it's great because the dude's just getting punished. Bar. Yeah. Uh, the next scene, the two guys from the original, the ones that peed on his rug, go to visit the dude and says, pin your diapers on Lebowski. Jackie Chuyon wants to see you. And do you realize what happened with those two characters? Uh, I had to read about this. I, can't I actually went back and looked. So they only showed up to, tw- to two times. Mm-hmm. And between the one time and the other time, they switch clothing. Really? Yes. No. So it's the same clothing, but it's on the different, no, the, I didn't the different character, that. which I, I thought know. was really uh, yeah. odd but clever. Yeah. Especially if you're like doing something on a budget. Oh, we got to film this scene. Oh, we got to film this other scene, but it's a couple of days later. Just switch clothing, you know? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, the uh, And uh, Ben Gazzara plays uh, Jackie Treehorn. Which, Very good part for him. Yeah, which we find out that he's like a, a porn mogul or whatever. Uh, and, he's in publishing. Yeah, exactly. He says he's in publishing. And the, the scene starts with this very weird thing on a beach. They've got a big tarp and a naked girl and, and while she's topless being thrown up in the air on a tarp on the yes. beach. It's just very trippy and bizarre and weird. In its uh, own right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Jackie is talking about uh, the dude about uh, he gets him a drink and he's uh, talking about porn. Uh, going digital or whatever, going electronic. and uh, It's all about affecting the mind. Yeah, and the dude says, I still jerk off manually. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> he sees Jackie write down on a notepad 
He's scared. <laughs> this is one of the funniest things in movies. And, and this is, you know, this is an old trick Jack, you used to Jack, see. He gets a call. He goes, hold on a second. He gets a call. He's writing something in a notepad. Right. And he goes, I'll be right back. And he walks up and, and the dude is like, there might be something here. He gets up yeah. there and he gets the notepad. And he does a little scribble. Sketch. Sketch. Yeah. You can see what it was. And it was an image of uh, a, a guy with a, guy with a giant dick. <laughs> yeah. like, so this guy was on the phone talking to someone, just drawing this. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Funny yeah. As hell. And uh, this is something before, before I forget. I watched this, uh, the Today Show a couple years ago did for the 20th anniversary. You can Google it, uh, Today Show, Big Lebowski. It'll come up. Harry Smith uh, interviewed uh, the three main guys about it and it was like 30 minutes long it was great and he and harry smith you could tell he's seen it he's seen it three main actors or three like the coen brothers not the coen brothers uh bridges and goodman and uh buscemi about the movie and it was like 30 minutes long was great and harry smith you could tell was a huge fan seen the movie 100 times knew every line before i forget i meant to mention that you should you should watch it it's great i'm just talking just talking about the movie for 30 minutes is awesome uh, they they mentioned the, the big dick guy because they said they go to a convention. There's a guy with an outfit like the big dick cartoon <laughs> guy. <laughs> um, that, yeah, wow. yeah. Um, so yeah, you should watch that. Um, and the dude passes out. Uh, you realize that uh, he's been drugged. Yeah, the white Russian was spiked. Cue second dream sequence. Yeah, yeah. His dream uh, says Jackie Trehorn presents gutter balls. Uh, he's dancing. He's got a tool belt. And he's dressed like Carl Hungus. Okay. From, yeah. Yeah. Uh, his uh, his movie. Yeah. His yeah. porn movie. Yeah. Except a nice clean white, super white version of it. Oh yeah. And uh, he gets up to the shoe rental place, and uh, Saddam is running the shoe rental counter. Um, he's uh, dancing down the stairs. Uh, Maude is dressed as a Viking. And there's women dancing up around. Up Hilda Valkyrie. Oh yeah, yeah. There's women dressed around. They have bowling pin. Pats uh, on, and uh, the song uh, "What Condition My Condition Was In" by the original New Edition uh, with Kenny Rogers um, before uh, Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and Mike. Yeah, um, the original New Edition, uh, late sixties probably. Yeah. Um, I love that song. It's a great song. Um, and then uh, the dream is over, and the the cops get him, throw him in the squad car, and he's. He's drunk. He's singing the theme song to Brandon in the back. <laughs> yeah, really violently, like Brandon <laughs> in the back of the cuff car. Uh, they take him to the sheriff, and uh, the sheriff is looking at his wallet, saying, "Is this your only idea? It's a Ralph Club car." <laughs> he sees the paper, the sketch, the guy with the big dick <laughs> in his wallet, <laughs> and uh, he's still drowsy. And the dude says, "Mr. Treon treats objects like women, man." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love the sheriff here. He says, uh, you know, I don't like you. This is what he, the sheriff says. I don't like you sucking around, bothering our citizens, Lebowski. I don't like your jerk-off name. I don't like your jerk-off face. I don't like your jerk-off behavior. And I don't like you, jerk-off. Do I make myself clear? And the dude says, I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> he throws a coffee mug and hits him in the head. Yes. <laughs> so great. And the whole thing is like, like really tough, to, and he goes, "Yeah, it's Malibu," and I'm like, "It's Malibu." Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like one of the most laid back, right, right, parts of of the laid back state of California. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so the next thing you see, uh, the dude uh, is 
is in the back of a taxi and uh peaceful easy feeling is playing by and, the eagles yeah and the dude says oh jesus can you change the channel man come on i hate the fucking eagles man and the cab driver puts him out of the cab and, you know you hate the eagles and he gets out and he drags him out and it's one of the funnier scenes now uh, yeah i read a little bit about this the, the music coordinator was t-bone burnett who uh well, I would put in the same category as most of the Eagles players and this type mm-hmm. of music. He's very Americana, very mm-hmm. Western. But apparently, uh, he himself was not too fond of the Eagles. Oh, yeah. So it was a, kind of like an inside joke there. Oh, okay. Well, I know uh, Jeff Bridges uh, mentioned that he ran into Don Henley one time and he gave him grief about the about the line in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, for the record, I love the Eagles and I love Creedence both. So I can both too. Yeah. I think I like the Eagles more now, but. It's going back and forth. As far as this movie is concerned, with Eagles, no publicity is bad publicity. Right, right, right. Exactly. They're in. They're in. The Eagles songs are in this multiple times. Yes. In one language or another. Yes. Uh, yeah. In fact, uh, the reason that the uh, Spanish language version of Hotel California mm-hmm. is playing for Jesus mm-hmm. is because the dude hates him. Yeah. The dude right. hates Jesus, right. so therefore, Eagles is his music. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, he gets thrown out of the cab, and uh, Bunny passes him driving on the road in a convertible, singing Viva Las Vegas. And they pan down to mm-hmm. her feet, yeah. and she has all her toes. Yes, all of her toes are there, yeah. Although I think the the far right pinky, there's no I – mean, you can't see it. I, I, it looked to me like there was no uh, polish on that pinky, or maybe there was no toenail. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and at first I thought, was it cut off? I don't know. It's just not – no. No toenail or no toenail polish, but it's mm-hmm. all there. Yeah. Uh, which is important because of the, the scene with the nihilists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, Maud is at his house and she says, Love me. She drops her robe, gets naked, and uh, so they sleep together. And uh, he, the dude is talking about, mm-hmm. I was one of the authors of the Port Huron statement and uh, one of the Seattle Seven. Which was an actual group and an actual statement, but uh, he uh, he was not really part of it. No, <laughs> and honestly, I thought they were. Uh, I thought they made this up for the movie Seattle Seven because I thought they were about to talk about the Chicago Seven. No, it was all about student protest. Chicago okay. Seven was a little bit different. The student protests right, were right. getting more rights for students across mm-hmm. the board, uh, and being upset with the way the uh, uh, the administration basically treats them as uh, cash machines and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, so the stuff he mentions was real, but yeah, not only was was there no Jeff Lebowski, I'm pretty sure that in the, in the context here, Jeff wasn't really privy either. Yeah, I doubt he would remember anything like that. Right, right. Um, and uh, he said I was in the music business briefly. Uh, and Maude's like, oh yeah, he's like, yeah, roadie from Metallica. He says a bunch of assholes. Yeah, the Speed of Sound tour, and there was no such tour. It was oh, okay. okay, there was yeah. no Speed of Sound tour. Okay. Um, he says they're a bunch of assholes. Yeah. <laughs> And I realized Maude is trying to get pregnant. She's got her uh, her uh, her body in a yeah holding position. Right. And this is one of the weirdest things because uh, this is Jeff Lebowski who she just had sex with, and her father is Jeff Lebowski. Right. So she right. wants a baby by Jeff Lebowski. Mm, really. You know, I never weird. thought about that angle. That's really weird. weird. Really yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. It's different weird. Lebowski, but still with Jeffrey Lebowski. Uh, it's a little odd. Yeah, it is. A little beyond it is. odd. It is. Um, and he says, what is that, yoga? You know, he doesn't know what she's trying to do. And then she tells him, basically, like, uh, <coughs> trying to get pregnant. Um, he 
spits out his white ration when he hears that. Um, uh, the dude wants Walter to come pick him up, and he says he can't because it's Shabbos. Um, and uh, but dude says uh, he, he says I quit the team, you know. So he shows up because of that. Um, <laughs> because the dude has had an epiphany. Yeah. Because Maude has told him, oh, the big Lebowski he didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. It was all my mom's money. He gets an allowance. Right. And suddenly, boom, it goes off in his head mm-hmm. because it goes back to, well, Lennon's statement, look to whoever needs must be fulfilled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, the dude uh, runs into, uh, uh, what's his name? John Polito. Who's the private private dick? He the says, one that's been following him in the VW book. Yeah, and he says, "I'm a brother, Seamus." And dude says, "Like an Irish monk." <laughs> and this is another throwback to the Raymond Chandler mm-hmm. language and and that mm-hmm. that type of detective story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I love that Irish monk line. Um, and uh, he says, that "He is. I was hired by Bunny's family to get her back." And he shows the uh, picture of her. Her home in Moorhead, Minnesota. Yes, but the home is not in Moorhead, Minnesota. Okay. It's actually uh, the house from In Cold Blood, where the murders took place in Kansas. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, which has a couple of different uh, connections to that, because Philip Seymour Hoffman played Capote in Capote. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think uh, one of the other actors here uh, played one of the killers. Okay. So one of the actors in the movie played one of the killers in, in the movie of the... The murders of Inco Blood, which okay. was in Kansas. Um, and then the Moorhead, Minnesota, I think, has to do with one of the. It's across the, the, the state border from Fargo. Fargo. And then someone actually and, lived there. Right. One of the, remember one of the Ethan Cohen brothers family lived there or one of the other. I don't know, but it was, about, it was about being across from Fargo. That, that too. And then Bunny is having an affair with Peter Stormare's character who was in Fargo. Yes. So supposedly it's a. A slight homage, or yeah, maybe a crossover. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, he's like, Where you know, how are you going to get him back on the farm after they've seen Carl Hungus or whatever? <laughs> um, and then you're at the diner, um, and uh, the Germans are there, uh, along with uh, Amy Mann, who's Playing the one a, who a girl, right? And they came down to her feet, and she's missing it, yes. Toe. And by the way, they're all here in the diner eating pancakes. Peter Starmare gets yes. his pancakes that he always wanted right. in Fargo and never got. Right. And Donnie in this, in this uh, movie doesn't talk that much. And Peter Starmare was always quiet before. Yes. It's reversal. So yeah, it's a, it's reversal of uh, Fargo. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then you see uh, Bunny is back home. Uh, she's drunk. She's naked uh, dancing out front. And, uh, you know, you see that she was just basically, uh, Brant says she was just visiting a friend. Um, and uh, Big Lebowski accuses them of keeping the money. <laughs> Walter and uh, Dude are there. And uh, Walter says, as if we ever dream of taking your bullshit money. Which <laughs> is what his whole plan was. <laughs> exactly. But he says it like with not even any, I don't think he's even aware of what he's saying. Like as if he's just outraged by it. Yes. Um, but this is where the dude confronts Big Lebowski. Look. There was never any money in the case. You're yeah. the one who needed the money. Right. And he goes, well, that's your story. And that's where everyone knows that's exactly what's going on. Right, right. And the uh, dude says, all you needed is a sap dependent on. You just met me. He calls him a human paraquat. And uh, 
He said, uh, you know, you need someone to pin it on, someone the square community wouldn't care about. And then the big boss says, well, aren't you? He's like, well, yeah. You know what Paraquat is? <laughs> no. I had to look it up because I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, what is that? And a little thing popped up in the trivia. So Paraquat was a herbicide sprayed on huh. the, the, the weed crop of Mexico. Okay. And it like wilts it instantly. Okay. Mm-hmm. But they would harvest it anyway. Yeah. And process it and push it out there. And hmm. the rumor was that it was killer weed. You take it and you die. And just really made you really sick, but it didn't really kill you unless you like huh. ate it or ingested it in okay. large quantities. So it was uh he's basically talking about something that kills weed. Okay. You're the human paraquat. I didn't I didn't know that one. Um and uh uh, Walter uh, Walter says he's a fake. The Big Lebowski is not really. Yes. Not really. Uh, I've seen spinal injuries, and you don't really have one. Yeah. Um, so Walter basically takes him out and pushes him onto the floor, and you realize he really is. You know. So they have to put him back in there. Um, and uh, they're at the bowling alley, and uh, uh, I noticed that the, in the background, uh, Walter in the background, you hear him. You can barely hear him talking about the domino effect, Vietnam. This is all about oil, you know. They're talking about so he's talking about the current war, yeah. but it's not an obvious thing. He's talking about the domino effect, you know, which was the the thing with Vietnam, you know, which was uh, you know, the political theory that you know, if we let this country fall to communism, that all these other countries are going to fall to communism. Yes. Um, but it's great that it wasn't it wasn't in the foreground. It was wasn't obvious. Um, and uh, it goes to be a, a reference to what's been going on in the movie, the domino effect. You let one thing happen, yeah. all these other things will happen. Yeah. And they pretty much just let everything happen and all these other things happen. Right. The whole movie's a domino effect. Right, right. And Walter also mentions about this war, uh, a bunch of fig eaters wearing a turban trying to find reversal on a Soviet tank. So he's talking about the current uh, war against the Iraqis. Yeah. Um, they're out in the parking lot and uh, the nihilists are there and they set the car on fire. What's left of, <laughs> Je- of right. Lebowski's car, the yeah. dude's car, has been set on fire. Yeah. And uh, Donnie says, are these guys the Nazis? And Walter says, no, these are nihilists. They're nothing to be afraid of. <laughs> so, so great. And they get in a fight, and Walter bites off the one guy's ear. And the ear goes popping up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is where Donnie has a heart attack. Yes. Yeah. It's and, another uh, it's another scene where also the dude talks directly with Donnie mm-hmm. or talks directly to him. Mm-hmm. All like Donnie actually is, is, can talk. He's having the heart attack. Yeah. But dude, saying, you know, he's he's touching and taking care and take care. We're going to take care of you, that kind of stuff. So you mm-hmm. know that Donnie and the dude do exist together. Yeah. Donnie's not just some figment. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so next uh, thing, we're at the funeral home and uh, um, uh, Walter and the dude are there. And they, uh, the guy comes up and it's like, I, I assume this is credit card. And he, he holds it out. Because he doesn't know who to give it to, and you realize Walter's the only one that's got money. The dude doesn't have doesn't have any money for yeah. sure. So the Walter's paying for it. He ain't playing with no Ralph's card, that's for sure. Right, right. Uh, and um, and they talk about well, what's this? And the, and the urn was like one hundred eighty dollars. Is like, don't you have anything uh, more reasonable? It's like that is a most modestly priced urn. Um, he said, "Is there a Ralph's around here?" <laughs> And then he realized that he got a Folgers can. He uh, wasn't the Folgers can, although uh, it's not a complete Folgers can. Yeah, Folgers has a clear plastic top. The blue top that was on that mm-hmm. is from a Maxwell's can. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, and we'll be back right for this. By God, sir, 
I will not abide another toe. I hear the cottonwoods whispering That wasn't her toe, dude. <laughs> Whose toe was it, Walter? What the fuck should I know? I do know that nothing about it indicates... Yeah, it the nail up. polish, Walter. Fine, dude. As if it's impossible to get some nail polish, apply it to someone else's toe. Someone else? Where the fuck are they going to get... You want get a toe? I can get you a toe. Believe me. There are ways, dude. You don't want to know about it, believe me. Yeah, but Walter... Hell, I can get you a toe by 3 o'clock this afternoon with nail polish. It's fucking amateur. Walter. They sent us a toe. We're supposed to shit ourselves with fear. Jesus Christ. Walter. Now, the point is... They're going to kill her, Walter, and then they're going to kill me. Dude. That's... It's just the stress talking, man. Now, so far, we have what appears to me to be a series of victimless crimes. What about the toe? Forget about the fucking toe! Excuse me, sir. Could you please keep your voices down? This is a family restaurant. Oh, please, dear. For your information, the Supreme Court has roundly rejected on, prior restraint. This is not a First Amendment thing, sir, man. If you don't calm down, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Lady, I got buddies who died face down in the muck so that you and I can enjoy this family restaurant. All right, I'm out of here. Hey, dude, don't go away, man. Come on, this affects all of us, man. Our basic freedoms. I'm staying. I'm finishing my coffee. Enjoying my coffee. Okay, we're back here on the podcast, uh, wrapping up uh, the ending of The Big Lebowski. Um, we just uh, talked about the Folgers can that uh, Donnie's ashes were in. Um, and uh, they're out on the uh, the cliff overlooking the uh, beach. Yeah. And uh, Walter is saying... Uh, Some pretty talk, nice, sweet things. Right, he is, but he's also talking about my buddies Kason, Long Dock, Hell 364... And Walter says, what the fuck does anything have to do with Vietnam? Well, the dude says that, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, because I'm pretty sure Donnie wasn't in Vietnam. He never talks about it, at least. No. He doesn't no. seem like the character, but the type of character was there. Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, uh, <clears throat> Walter goes to release the ashes, mm-hmm. and the wind's, of course, coming off the ocean. Yeah. Walter's in the lead. The dude's in the back. Yeah. He scatters the ashes in front of him and just go everywhere. He turns around and the dude's covered in ash. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I, I definitely love that. Um, and uh, and then you get to uh, the ending uh, where the dude is talking to the stranger again, Sam yes. Elliott. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It's just Sam Elliott talking. Just Sam Elliott talking. No, no, they, they, they converse. Well, um, not this, this part. This is just him talking about what happened in the story, the stranger. They, they, they did earlier, right? This is just Sam Elliott, uh, I think. At the very end, they meet at the bar again. Oh, okay. And, they did, they did. and the yeah. dude does walk away, and he and we're exactly what oh, the stranger yeah. says to him, but then the dude says one of the biggest The dude abides. The dude abides. Yeah. Yeah, the dude abides. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, then he's basically regurgitating yeah. stuff he'd heard earlier in the movie. Yeah, and uh, he mentions, I didn't like to see Donnie, Donnie guy die, but... Yeah. Uh, it happens. Yeah. Um, but he's like, but I do know that there's a little Lebowski on the way. Yeah. And uh, that one little line there made me think about something because a lot of people say, oh, the big Lebowski, the title character is 
the, the rich guy, the mm-hmm. supposedly rich guy, David yeah. Helsley character, and the dude is just the dude. And he keeps saying, hey, you know, you're the big Lebowski. I'm the dude. Yeah. But there's one last little thing, that there's mm-hmm. a little Lebowski out there. Yeah. Makes me think, oh, wait a minute. If he's the little Lebowski, his father, right. the dude, is the big Lebowski. Yeah. And he is the main character of the movie. And although the argument is always, you know, the big Lebowski is really the title character is mm-hmm. is is the rich guy. I'm, I'm thinking not. Yeah. When I get to the end of the movie, I'm like, you know what? This whole movie's about the dude. He's the hero. He's the big Lebowski. Everyone else is small. Okay. Right yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that's the ending. Big yeah. Lebowski. It's a good one. A pretty subdued ending there for all the shenanigans going on. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, also, uh, the, and the whole scene is kind of a static shot. And the stranger's slightly to the right of center. And in the back, there's a bowler. And it's a pro bowler. I can't remember his name. But it's like a two-minute shot mm-hmm. of him bowling, uh, basically, with yeah. him, him in the center. And he's just throwing strike after strike. Yeah. And okay. then it's, it's, it's not edited. It's just him bowling and throwing great, great shots. Okay. Um, and uh, so this movie, uh, in this movie, who's your guy? Oh, uh, wow. Um there's so much going on in this movie and I think about it storytelling wise, different ways. Who do I want? Who do I really like in this movie? I'm going to have to go with Brant, Philip Seymour uh-huh. Hoffman's character. And it's just because the, the side of him throwing in the duty. So earnest, he's, he comes across as such a toady, but then that one little line redeems his whole character. Mm-hmm. And you realize there's something more going on. And the way he reacts to everyone, like what Bunny says, and uh, if he wants to watch, he's got to pay a hundred dollars. And he's like, <laughs> like, he's done it before. Right. You know, I mean, like right. stuff like that is just awesome. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a small role for such an actor that being so big. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a great role. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I have to pick uh, Walter, John Goodman's character. He's just, he's always great, but he really, I think really shines in this movie. Walter was based on an actual person. Oh yeah, uh, a director named John Millius. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, apparently, yeah. his look, the the beard, all that stuff, was all, and his, his attitude was all very based on the John Millius. Yeah. So it was kind of a swipe and homage because the, he was a friend of the Coen Brothers. Yeah, uh, so it wasn't like uh, they were dissing on nothing, but they were they based him okay much on John Millius. Yeah, yeah, but John Goodman just really shines in this movie. He's, yes. he's great. Um, and uh, I mean, he's been a lot of a lot of my favorite movies, but this is. Uh, it's probably his best performance, I think. Uh, Arachnophobia, come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie, but no. It's no, his not. part. The movie, right. The movie kind of, like, well, yeah. his part in it, whoa. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, time to talk about the villains in the movie. Uh, now, every, every week we uh, we pick a villain and we re-rank them in theory if they're, high, if they're villainous enough. Hmm. This is a running top 10 of all the movies we've done so far out of 60 movies. Going to run down our current top 10, starting at number 10 at the bottom, Kaiser Soze. You know what movie that's from. Buddy from Baby Driver, The Thing from The Thing, Hans Gruber from Die Hard, Bricktop from Snatch, Nino Brown from New Jack City, The Xenomorph from Alien, Nurse Ratchet from Cuckoo's Nest, Wicked Witch of the West from Wizard of Oz. Hannibal Lecter from The Silence of the Lambs. Who is the villain in this movie? Uh, wow. I, I haven't really thought about that until just now. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Um, the dude is our hero. Mm-hmm. He's on a quest to find Bunny and deliver the money. Who is the villain? 
that thwarts him from completing his tasks. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go with the big Lebowski, the other Jeff Lebowski. Yeah. And this kind of points to the duality of character as mm -hmm. well. You know, you see your own worst enemy, but here mm -hmm. he's got an older version of himself, so to speak. Yeah. Um, um, and from what we learned later on in the movie, there was no real money. It was all mm -hmm. put upon. It was all fake. And they wanted it. He wanted a, a patsy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I would say that uh, the other Jeff Lebowski is the villain of the piece. Yes. Um, but as to whether he makes his list, no. He's not, I agree. He's not villainous enough. He's the villain, but he definitely doesn't. Yeah. doesn't uh, and I'm just now thinking about the duality of the two Jeff Lebowskis, the older, the younger, and then the third one coming along and how mm -hmm. things keep going on in mm -hmm. cycles. And it comes back around to... Um, the the abides the dude abides mm -hmm. and the the quotes based on from the Bible about the, mm -hmm. how no matter what we do the earth will abide mm -hmm. things would just go on yeah. and things will cycle through not much you can do about it and it's basically a karmic way of living mm -hmm. and it's what the dude does he just goes through everything yeah I agree with that he's he is the villain but he definitely doesn't make yeah. the top ten uh, no doubt. Um, it's it's tough to crack the top ten now. Yeah, you know. yeah. You gotta have a. We've got a couple of movies. I'm sure will pop up. Oh yeah, you yeah. will have someone that's really. Oh yeah, there'll be some, but sixty movies in, we're uh, it's yeah. tough to tough to hit. Forty forty movies, you know. Yeah, um, and it's time to talk about the list. Uh, where would this be on your list? Would it be on your top one hundred? It would. Mm -hmm. um, it probably might not have been. Maybe, as much as 10 mm -hmm. years ago. I'm like, oh, I like the movie, but we'll mm -hmm. make top 100. Um, probably it's not in my top 50, though. I'd probably somewhere in the 60 range, 60, 65, somewhere okay. range. But where is it on your list? Mm -hmm. So let me bring up the list here and uh, see if I can. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Okay, here's my list. Wow. Hmm. The big Lebowski. What are all this? Little gaps here and there. I think it's in there. I think it's further up on your. Uh, maybe not. You you didn't really think much of it to begin with. It's it's grown on you. I said sixty five. I'm gonna stick with 60, 65 for you. Sixty five. Yeah. Seven. Number seven. Whoa. I'm so far off. Number seven. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. That might be the furthest off you've been. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. If I said one and it was a hundred or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Number seven. Yeah. It's like right below uh, Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Oh, yeah. It's the uh, uh, fourth one in the top ten. Contender number nine, Baby Driver number ten. Yeah. Wow. Number seven, that high up. Yeah. You have really, this movie really has grown on you. Oh, yeah. Years. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I've seen it many, many, many times. Who knows how many times? 30, 40 times, probably. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Number seven. It's, uh, it's absolutely one of my favorites. I really, uh, when I was putting my uh, list together, um, numbers five, six, and seven, I really had to debate which one went where. Uh, six we've already revealed, and five we haven't yet, but it was a really tough debate between five, six, and seven. Yeah, I think when it gets to the end. When you were putting your list together, yeah, did you 
Fred Start number one, this is my favorite movie, and then go through and then go back through to see if everything was where it was, or you say at the end, this is my least favorite, and go the other way, or just try to drop them in wherever and see what fits. I, I uh, put it together. I try. Well, first of all, I rewatched all 100 movies plus another probably 30 or 40 before you even started numbering them. Right. Right. A lot of watching. Yeah. It took uh, a few months, uh, several months, but, um, but I, I, what I did is I started from the top for sure, because it's easier at the top to know what's what. So you started, this is going to be my number one movie, and you went number one, two, three. And as you went through the list, did you right. go all the way through and go back and reorder? Or did you get to a certain point like, you know what, I've got other ones yeah. that are really different. Well, I uh, I put them in, I looked at my, after I got the first, I don't know, eight or maybe up to 15, up to 20. I was pretty sure about them. And then... I put, I looked at groups of movies and I highlighted, say, maybe five or six at a time. These are definitely in the same group. And within that group, I said, okay, this is definitely the best one of this group. It's the second best one of this group. But you might have had a, a chunk of five or six movies yeah. and then they're going to go right. above if, or below this certain area. Right. Like if I'm on 20, this is, okay, this is 20, this is 21, this is 22. Now, as you got further along, was it like, okay, this one really needs to go in the middle here yeah. as opposed to at the very bottom of the list? Mm -hmm. You have to do that a couple of times. Well, I, I picked like when I say, for example, I was at number 20 through 25. I picked a group of six movies. So these movies definitely belong in this group. And then within the group, I ordered them. And then I went to like, say, five or four. But did or they or six actually wind up being in that 21 to 26? Or because like, you know what? They're even higher up on scale than the number 20 or the 19. They actually go in well, a different spot. I'd already decided the ones above it were definitely okay. where they should be. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. I didn't redo really um, the way you describe it, but I, if it was me mm -hmm. and I haven't done anything like this, I'm just responding to your movies, but I would probably, you start at the top and I'd watch a chunk of movies mm -hmm. and I'd put them in an order. And then based on the list I've got, whatever number it is, one through 20, one through 30, one through 40, I go, where in this list are they going to fall? Mm -hmm. Are they going to fall in a chunk? I'm going to spread them out a little bit. And that would probably be why I would do it. Yeah. And, then I go, go back through, is, is this too low? Is this too high? What's it going? And I probably wouldn't worry too much about the actual finishing spot mm -hmm. unless, like you did, when we got to those two movies that you flipped. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's like, and that was right before we started doing the podcast. Yeah. Like, you know what? Then this is higher up. This is lower down. Um, I wouldn't worry about that too much mm -hmm. um, Yeah, when I was doing it. But that's yeah. I'm spitball. Yeah, and originally this... This uh, list was just a list. It wasn't a podcast. I knew I wanted to make a list, and eventually realized it would be make a good podcast. So, so you, you sort of make a list just to make a list. Yeah, um, and originally it was going to be. Have you seen people that uh, on Facebook? This was popular a couple of years ago. They would post their favorite album one every day. Oh, and I remember that. That gave me the ideas. Like, okay. I didn't, I didn't think about a podcast, but I'm going to post a, a poster of my favorite movie every day for 100 days. That's originally what I was going to do. Um, but, you know, then I realized I'd make a good podcast. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Very good. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what didn't make the list, uh, I'm going to say The Hunt Sucker Proxy. Uh, very, I think it's an underrated Coen Brothers movie. Nobody talks about it much. It kind of fell in the gap between yeah. their more celebrated right. movies. Before Fargo made him big. But it had Paul Newman in it. Yeah, it Charles Durning. I love Charles. 
Tim uh, Robbins. Tim Robbins at the almost the top of his career. Yeah. Jennifer Jason Lee. Jennifer Jason Lee. Yeah. Great movie. Great movie. I mean, it's I really think it's underrated. It's not on my list, but but it was definitely a period drama with a lot of quirky period characters. And I yeah. think could be one of the reasons why it kind of disappeared. Yeah. I saw that in the theater when it came out. I was so eager to see it. And I liked it. Mm -hmm. But I didn't like fall in love with it. Mm -hmm. I recognized it for the oddball movie it was. Yeah. Uh, I knew it wasn't, you know, run of the mill. Yeah. Um, but it's of the Coen Brothers movies that did not make my list. It's definitely highest of those. Um, and uh, time to talk about plugs. Do you have any plugs? I do not at this time. Okay. Plug. All right. My plug is uh, I watched Jesus Rolls. Uh, was that the, the, the follow up? To yes. That? Now, was that an actual story? Was it John, like a, John Saturo wrote it and uh, directed it to, I believe, yeah. and started it. Okay. I, I know that he had, they had talked about maybe doing a sequel to this, but the Coen Brothers don't like sequels. Mm -hmm. And, but he really wanted to do something more with his character. And mm -hmm. he knew that something was going to come out. Yeah. When did it come out? Uh, it actually just came out oh. like a couple months ago. Okay. It's currently, uh, at least when I watched it last weekend, it was on Showtime. Uh, it's on Showtime. Um, and it's good. I mean, it's not, you know. And it is his character. Yeah, it's Jesus. Yeah, it's. Uh, and you find out that he's innocent. Uh, he was, he, you know, he was a sex a sex offender, but it's innocent. He's innocent. He, he's at a urinal. And, yeah, there's, a, there's an eight-year-old boy standing there, but it's a completely misunderstood situation like the dad walks out of the you know he's sitting down on the toilet and what happens is misunderstanding so he was actually really innocent it's a good movie it's fun it's a it's an adventure like road trip uh a bunch of people in it but coen brothers did not write no, it or no, direct it no they didn't uh, now, did Turturro himself write and direct it he definitely wrote it I, I think he directed it too he definitely wrote it um it's a fun movie bobby cannavale is in it um oh. Susan Sarandon is in it. Um, in fact, uh, Susan Sarandon, we, I don't want to spoil too much. No, so, no, no, no spoil. I want to look for it. Um, it's, you know. Jesus rules. Tim Blake Nelson's in it. So they got a reunion of uh, Oh Brother in there. Um, it's good. It's a good movie. Uh, very different. Uh, still a comedy, but very different. Uh, and it's time to talk about uh, what we're doing next week on the podcast. Next week. Uh, you should rev up your Jeep, uh, splice in your frog DNA, and don't hide in the porta potty because nature finds a way. That's right. Next week, we're talking about Jurassic Park on 100 Movies I Love. 100 Movies You Love. Where's the money, Lebowski? Oh. You want that money, Lebowski? Bunny says you're good for it. Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the fucking money, shithead? It's, uh, oh, uh, it's down there somewhere. Let me take another look. Don't fuck with us. Your wife owes money to Jackie Treehorn. That means you owe money to Jackie Treehorn. Ever thus the deadbeats, Lebowski? No, no, don't do that. Not on the rug, man. See? See what happens, Lebowski? You see what happens? Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. 
Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. Your wife is Bunny. My, my, my wife, Bunny? Do you see a wedding ring on my finger? Does this place look like I'm fucking married? The toilet seat's up, man. Is this? Obviously, you're not a golfer. Woo? Yeah. Isn't this guy supposed to be a millionaire? Fuck. Yeah, what do you think? He looks like a fucking loser. Hey, at least I'm housebroken. Fucking time. Thanks a lot, asshole.